Hello, and welcome to this very special grocery shop edition of the Omnitalk Retail Spotlight podcast series, brought to you with the help and support of Microsoft. I'm Ann Mazenga. And I'm Chris Walton. And joining us to be part of our week-long grocery shop podcast series are Lyndall Bennett, the Chief Revenue Officer at Cooler Screens and Microsoft's very own and the Director of Industry Solutions for Retail and Consumer Packaged Goods, Robin Leyland. Lyndall, Robin, thanks for being with us today. Lyndall, how's it going? Let's start with you first. I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm just excited to be here. I feel like this Aww. is a big event to be a part of. Thank you. It is. We're excited to have you. Robin, how are you? You know, I share that enthusiasm. Thank you so much for including me. I'm, uh, I can't wait to talk about this topic, quite frankly. Oh my gosh. That's like the best intro ever from a guest. I love that. I love that. Well, let's jump right into it. So Lyndall, let's go, let's get started with you. You know, last year, and we were talking about this before we even started recording. Uh, we, we introduced Cooler Screens to our OmniTalk audience. We had the chance to interview your CEO. And for those that might be new to us or new to the program, listening to for the first time, as we're always getting new people listening to our podcast, give us a refresher on what Cooler Screens does. And also what has happened with the company since we last talked to you? Yeah, absolutely. You mean short of changing the world? Is that too much? Yes, to that's, if, my, my <laughs> that's on the product roadmap. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it's on the product Q4 that's coming. But <laughs> Cooler Screens is the leading in-store retail media platform. We're taking the canvases that you know, like cooler screen doors and end caps, uh, checkout coolers, other things, and we're transforming them into a digital experience. So trying to bring in all those things that people know and love from what they've experienced in digital and e-commerce and those things to the in-store experience. And, and part of the reason for that is if you think about, sorry, I'm gonna side rail for a second here, but in, in talking to different CPGs, I had somebody tell me yesterday, Lyndall, when we get through those double doors of any brick and mortar uh, location, we lose all the tracking that we get online. So we're trying to help bridge that gap. So it's not just the media opportunity, we can get into that in a minute, but it's also the measurement opportunity. And we're trying to bring all that goodness that you get from online, from retail media, we're trying to bring it into the in-store space. And particularly for food, beverage, and CPG, that's 90% of the business. So it's a very important and critical element for all those businesses. And, and, and not to simplify it too, but explain for the audience exactly what it is we're talking about. Like, right, we're talking about yeah. a digital screen on the front door of a cooler or a freezer and take it from there. That, that's exactly right. I, I think if you think about the traditional cooler door, you've got roughly a six foot canvas that's a transparent screen. And then you go find your single serve beverage. You go find your frozen food, you find your ice cream, et cetera. So we've actually changed that into that same form factor. We've changed it into a six foot computer that has a okay. 4K screen. And then you're able to interact with that 4K screen in a few different ways. So let's say that Chris, you're six to 12 feet away from the screen and you're standing in a Kroger or a Walgreens. If you're six to 12 feet away, we actually can present you with this full door ad. So it's that full six feet in 4K where a video message minus the audio video message can be conveyed to you from Breyers or Procter & Gamble or Pepsi or whoever it may be. And then let's say you step within six feet, then all of a sudden it switches to where you have the planogram. So all of you mm -hmm. retail folks out there, you still get your planogram. Uh, but it's a digital planogram on the screen itself because it's kind of like a giant iPad, if you will. You have the digital planogram, you have an eyeball level banner, you have a top level banner. So now you've stepped from awareness into consideration. And then if you get to the door and you're paused at the door, we have another ad unit that comes up called a spotlight ad. So we're, oh. we're basically trying to collapse the funnel in a matter of feet while in the in-store experience for that customer. 
Because if you're six to 12 feet away, the planogram, whether it's a physical planogram or whether it's a digital planogram, it's pretty small, right? Like you can't exactly see. So we want to present you with a message from a brand at that distance. But then as you engage more, we want that experience to continue. So we're moving you forward to consideration and then to purchase. So that's where we started on the cooler door. And then we're expanding that out to other areas of the store as well. And, and how does the measurement work for the retailers listening to you? Like, how are you actually, because you mentioned measurement as a key thing in the beginning, totally. like how does that actually work and get captured uh, mechanically? Yeah, I'm going to say two parts on that. So we don't use cameras. Okay. This is not a camera on the front facing of the door. Okay. It's a sensor. Oh, okay. But the great thing is the sensor can tell if there's a human being in front. We can't tell if it's Chris or Lindell, but we can tell there's a human being paused in front of the door and we can tell what distance they are from the door. So based on the sensor, we're able to get the idea of, oh, they are six to 12 feet away. And then we're able to get, okay, they stepped within six feet. They grabbed the door. And then by the way, that UPC just checked out at the point of sale. So you're calling the POS. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Or conversely, think about this. If you're um, detergent, something that's not sold on the cooler door itself, but might be advertising on the cooler door, we can tell if within the average time frame that somebody shops within that type of a store, if they checked out with that type of UPC, we can give mm -hmm. a lot of data in terms of what happened middle of store, because over half of our advertisers are middle of store, not actually behind the cooler door, and what was the basket affinity. So from a measurement standpoint, there, there's a number of things to, to say here as far as what is present state and what could become future state, what we're trying sure. to work toward. But you think about, if you think about an online purchase, let's say somebody does a search, then they click through that search link, they go to your DDC site, they start on maybe a general page, they go to a product detail page, they add to cart and they buy. You're able to track all those different movements, right? And you're seeing what kind of basket abandonment you had, all those sorts of things. We can have equivalence of those in the in-store experience. Mm -hmm. If Chris was six to 12 feet away and he paused and we know he dwelled on that full door ad looking at it for four seconds, that's a signal to us. Mm -hmm. Then we know that Chris stepped forward to within six feet and then he dwelled for another two seconds. So we know we've got him mm -hmm. engaged. Then he grabbed the door and then he checked out. Well, all of a sudden you have that full cycle with that customer. Like we can't tell them that it's Chris Walt necessarily, but we can tell them that this person was fully engaged and how many people were fully engaged. So from an audience perspective, we can say, take for instance, this example of, um, uh, let's say it's ice cream. Mm -hmm. We can tell people there's 60 million people every month that are looking for ice cream in front of our doors because they oh, have right. paused in front of our doors and they're looking too. for ice cream across all channels like convenience, drug, and grocery, across all channels, across all stores, 60 million people. Of those people, this many people went from the awareness stage to the consideration stage and to actually grabbing a door or even checking out. So the engagement, the measurement becomes very similar to what you get in an online engagement but then it can expand beyond that. As we start getting to other areas of the store, then we start getting a lot of signals about what types of uh, actions are we influencing, not just with the cooler door, like did they buy something that's behind the cooler door, but did they head to the middle aisle? And did they engage in certain parts of the aisle based on, on sensors, not just the doors themselves? And that's a new wrinkle, Anne. I don't remember that from the last time we talked. So that's yeah. like a new wrinkle. I, yeah, I, know I asked you in the beginning, like, what's new? That's a new wrinkle, definitely, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know that we were talking a year ago about, you know, Center Store being the, mm -hmm. the biggest advertisers, too, or, or like the biggest participants mm -hmm. in cooler screens. It seemed mm -hmm. like it was just the products that were behind the doors themselves trying to, like, incentivize that last-minute decision. Right, right, right. right. Um, yeah. Well, Robin, I'd love to hear from your perspective too, as you kind of were headed into grocery shop and you look at the grocery industry more broadly, what kinds of, of tech trends are you keeping an eye on 
one. And then, you know, what was it specifically about cooler screens being one of them that really caught your attention at Microsoft? Yeah, I could talk forever about this. Um, but what I will, uh, what I will prioritize um, right now in terms of how I lay out the tech trends is what never goes out of style and importance is the need for grocers, retailers in general, to really um, capitalize on the opportunity of their first party data. Mm -hmm. um, this never goes away. It is a perennial challenge. It is the work is never done to coalesce all of the multi-channel, omni-channel, first party, third party partner data sources into a cohesive whole that you can understand and take advantage of for both internal and operational purposes efficiencies, sustainability measures, those sorts of operational necessities to save money. And then there is the exercising of the data estate for better customer insights, for personalization, for the experience in the store, um, to know how to execute um, promotions um, and co-promotions. Um, and then there is this area of cooler screens, which is to take advantage of this amazing opportunity to engage with shoppers at a critical moment in their journey in the store that was virtually invisible before. Right. And now as we just were listening to now, um, you know, the engagement opportunities, the advertising opportunities are only growing. But the most important thing is the grocer is able to send an authentic signal to the brands that says, this is a shopper, this is what happened. And the, the, the grocer, if they have the data estate um, put together properly, they can do extended measures and metrics that tie back into point of sale and loyalty. And then they can take this insight forward to deliver more personalized recommendations mm -hmm. um, or offers or opportunities directly to the customer. That enriches the first party data estate yet even more. Right. And what happens at the end of all of this, the, the, the grocer has this continually hydrated and enriched first party data estate that gets to a point of value that you can monetize it. Mm -hmm. So a grocer, right, typically has used that data for its own monetization purposes for the execution of its own programs. Mm -hmm. Through cooler screens, you've broken into this new arena where you can say, let's bring the brands in, let's give them the opportunity to engage directly, mm -hmm. let's measure it together, mm -hmm. let's enrich my data estate. And now as a, as a grocer, I can monetize that data further through additional higher level analytical services that I can sell back to brands. Right. That makes brands better, smarter at investing their share of marketing dollars with us. And maybe we can talk in a few minutes, even this idea of through the retailer to drive more demand into store. Right. And that, that is where I was going to go next. And, you know, you brought up first party data. I mean, I think that's key. And 
And, and I don't know about you, but I'm already sensing that the retail media network idea, which Robin is kind of peppering the edges with here. And mm-hmm. Lyndall, you brought it up too. Like that's going to be a huge theme at this show. Yes. Like I'm feeling that already. Yeah. And so my question, and I probably know the answer to this already, Lyndall, is, is one, do you agree with that, that we're going to see retail media networks be like a very big thing front and center at this show? And then if so, so I'm guessing the answer is yes. If so, how do you think, how does Cooler Screens play into that? Like talk to us about, how you operationalize that for the retailers, for the grocers to capture what Robin was describing. Well, I, I spent 10 years at Amazon back in the days when you had to cold call your way in to say, hey, Amazon has an advertising business. Would you like to talk to us? <laughs> and you get maybe 15 minutes with, with an associate media planner right. in the lobby. That's like legit. You know, that's only 10 years ago. So right. retail right. media is very near and dear to me. <laughs> and I I, I never thought they would actually have its own category and its own name. So I, I do think it will be a huge topic because it's the topic in every conversation I have. I've been at Cooler Screens for five months, but even bleeding back into my Amazon days, I was running CPG. I worked in Japan and China and other places. But this whole impetus behind retail media and the ability to pull together media and measurement, I think is super important. But I think what's interesting is so much of that, that airtime has been spent on the online component of that, the e-commerce component of that, that we're, we're missing the forest for the trees in some regards with the food, beverage, and CPG area. So if 90% of those sales happen in-store, what do we do about retail media in the place where the people are and they're buying the majority right. of those goods? So that's not all categories. That's a lot of categories and some really important categories. So I think that the topic needs to be discussed, but I think the topic needs to be broadened out. This isn't just about e-commerce. This is about commerce. Mm-hmm. And a lot of commerce is still happening in stores and it's still growing in store. If you look at the last five quarters based on the U.S. Department of uh, Treasury, it is growing in the in-store environment. So my, my, my point is this. I think retail media is super important because it has taken what was very hard to track in terms of efficacy previously and made it a trackable and measurable thing for both the user experience and for the endpoint of sale. What I think we need to do now is how do we take that and apply it to the in-store experience, particularly for those categories that are mainly bought in-store. How we do that, that, that becomes the future. And to Robin's point, just one other thing to tack onto this, the intent that you have. So search, obviously, big deal. <laughs> 20 years ago, we never would have thought what a big deal it was. And then 10 years ago, now retail media, big deal, because there's a lot of intent there. We never would have thought that. But you think about the amount of intent in the store. There's data that shows that 80% of people that walk in a grocery store, convenience store, drug store, they're going to buy something. But 82% of them don't know what exactly they're going to buy. And 62% of them are open to an impulse purchase. Hmm. So you think about the amount of intent, somebody walking through a grocery store, a drug store, even a convenience store, it's there. How are you going to capture that? How are you going to message that? It's not whether they're going to buy something, it's what they're going to buy. And can you capture that moment to really get on with them? Yeah, well, and I think it's it's really important too that you bring up, I think because cooler screens, like you said earlier, Lindahl, is like giving, giving you a picture of what's going on in the store that we didn't have before. Now it's taking the online and offline experiences of consumers and really trying to get a better picture for each retailer's like you were saying, Robin, to, to be able to really sell that to your brands that are that are coming up in the store. Robin, what would you say, like, what's your take on the rise of, of retail media networks across grocery? Are you kind of in alignment with what, um, with Lyndall saying? hundred percent. I, I don't know if you are aware, but Microsoft bought a company called Promote IQ mm. um, just over two years ago. Promote IQ is a SaaS 
a software as a service offering for retail media. And it's mm -hmm. in use by a number of the largest grocers here in the United States and big mm -hmm. box stores. Um, and so that is my way of saying, heck yeah, um, we are in it to win it in retail media. Um, and in conjunction with the other investments that Microsoft has made overall in our overall advertising business um, and our data and analytics business and the spawning of our cloud for retail, which is a whole solution set of capabilities end to end for a retailer, a grocer, many flavors of retailers yeah. to use to run their business end to end. Retail media is the one element where our grocer customers say, this is going to generate hundreds of millions of dollars of net new revenue for us. Right. And so with our search products that our customers use for their .com that um, provide highly relevant search return results and recommendations, retail media is this layer on top of it, which says, okay, how do we riff off of the search intent signal? the browse signal mm -hmm. and provide this instant moment for a brand to invest in an auction marketplace, <laughs> premium inventory to influence the thinking. The, what was it? 62%? What was it that you just sell? 62% that are open, to, yeah. are open to cross sell, upsell. 82% mm -hmm. Are not really sure what exactly it is that they want, but eighty percent of them are going to buy, mind, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, we we didn't we didn't invent this, right? Your former employer invented it and blew it out, and um, the rest of the world is catching up. Retail media is, you know, let's take a brand perspective um, and brand through agency perspective. Um, brands whether they're looking you know, to, to grow sales through retailers or through direct, retail media in one form or another is gonna play a massive role in their ability to generate an e-commerce business. For the grocer and through cooler screens, this is like the trifecta where the experience of the cooler screens in the store is like game-changing for the experience in the store for the shopper. I've seen it, it's amazing. Yeah. Right. Number two is you can measure it. Number three is you can allow brands to influence it at the very moment of transaction mm -hmm. uh, propensity. And so in cooler screens, you have what I believe is the bleeding edge of retail media monetization mm -hmm. in a store environment where the traffic that's coming in there is going to buy. And so you can imagine just thinking about the real estate on the cooler screen mm -hmm. and the value of that real estate to a brand that historically has never been able to get that close to a purchase moment. Right. It's amazing. Yeah, can, can, I, can I jump in real quick with please, one quick yeah. thing So I, I think it's a really important thing here that might be on people's minds and we're doing a podcast, they can't see the screens. <laughs> <If you> go <laughs> look at coolerscreens.com, you'll see them. But the point being that 
when you have what used to be a transparent case to, to the point made earlier, and now it's a digital screen that could, the first thought might be, Oh, is that disruptive? Is that going to mm-hmm. interrupt the mm-hmm. customer experience? I just want to make clear that to all the things Robin's saying, because that intent is so important, not only for the brands, not only for the retailer, but there's people there shopping. I want my ice cream. <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to be distracted from my ice cream necessarily. Right. It's very important for us, particularly with ha- over half of our business coming from the middle of the store, that it's additive to the experience. Mm-hmm. So for us as a business, we look at it first and foremost, is the consumer experience coming back as positive. And we do intercepts and surveys on our own every single week across the country in different stores. We also have third parties that do studies on that. So that is a core tenet that we look at every week in our data, and we look at what the keywords are they are saying. The second point, though, is for the retailer, because we're using our retailer partners, real estate. Like, this is not my cooler. Mm-hmm. I'm installing the door, but it's it belongs to a Walgreens or a Kroger or whoever it might be. So we need to lift their sales. We need to help them have a better experience for their customers that then, in turn, lifts their sales. And then for the brand, we have to create an engaging experience that presents themselves in the way that they want to be presented and offers them an opportunity either to storytell or to present a promotion, whatever it is that they're wanting to do. So trying to get all of those things to be balanced is super important to us. This isn't mm-hmm. just about putting a screen in a new place. So you have yet one more screen. That is not the intent. We're very thoughtful or try to be very thoughtful about how this impacts all those different groups. Yeah, that's what I liked when we talked about last year too. That's why I like the specific choice of the substrate of the cooler or the freezer door for what you're trying to mm-hmm. trying to do and how you're trying to implement. Because I think that's very important because it's a very standardized way of approaching it or gives you a standardized substrate from which you can approach that task each and every day. Um, so to that point, let's get you out of here on this, Lyndall. Um, you kind of touched on it before, but short of saving the world, yes. uh, what can we expect from you at Cooler Screens over the next year? Uh, it's, uh, thank, thank you. Uh, we'll work on the whole change in the world thing, but for right now, uh, since you, I, I should have said this in the initial when you said what's changed in the last year. In the last year, our footprint has grown by 10, 10x. Okay. Wow. So between when you talked, because I think it was around the time last year you talked yeah, to it was. the CEO, it's grown 10x since then. We expect it to grow and double in the next 12 to 18 months again. And that's already planned. It's not aspirational. This is stuff we've actually allocated uh, and have have ready to go. But there are a lot of pilots happening as well. So I expect our footprint across convenience, drug, and grocery to expand on all those fronts. Okay. And there's some press coming out that I can't mention on this podcast. If we changed it by maybe two weeks, I could have said. <laughs> we have a national rollout coming out with a, a retailer that's going to be very exciting. So be on the lookout for that. So these are not things that I'm just trying to get excited about what could be. These are things that we already have in place. We just haven't released. Awesome. So expect our, our footprint to again double by this time next year, hopefully when we're talking again, and then lots more to come on the measurement front, lots of exciting things we want to release on that side as well. Well, keep us posted on that press release. Cause well, we're happy to put it in the show notes when it comes out, awesome. you know, yes. people listen to this all the time, send it our way and we'll put it right down there, right. Thank for everyone you. to click on and read. So, all right, man, well, that wraps us up. Um, you know, a question for you guys, if anyone's listening to this podcast, wants to get in touch with you either at grocery shop or maybe after the show, after they read that press release, what's the best way for them to do that? Lindell? For me, please go to coolerscreens.com if you want to see what we're, we're offering. It has a live demo of the different screens and how the interaction works. For me personally, feel free to reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. It's L-I-N-D-E-L-L-B-E-N-N-E-T-T. Awesome. Awesome. And Robin, same question to you. What's the best way for people to reach you? They can reach me at robin.leyland at microsoft.com. And uh, I'm happy to take inquiries and redirect wherever it needs to go. 
Right. You, yes, you're a man very steeped in knowledge in terms of how all this works and how all those things you discussed where there's tons of synergies going around come together and play well together too. All right, well, thanks to Lyndall and Robin for being with us today. Thanks to Microsoft for the help, their help and support in producing this podcast. And thanks as always to everyone listening for tuning in. And most importantly, be careful out there. <laughs>